Hello, and welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we all get together and watch a movie that we remember fondly from our past, and then we decide if that movie actually stands up to a modern viewing audience. This week, we'll be watching American Werewolf in London. So, real quick, let's kind of just go around the room, introduce ourselves. I'm Nick. I'm Ash. I'm Sam. I'm Brett. For those of you at home who can't see, Nick is pointing to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting and, uh, for the finger. And, Bre- <laughs> and Bryce oh. just missed his cue. Oh, I was, was I? <laughs> and then Bryce just reading his phone. And that's Bryce. All right, moving on. I didn't see, there was that awkward moment of like, do I talk next? Anyway, that's who we are. So what is the we're, show? We're that awkward moment. Yes. Every time you have that awkward moment. This is going to be listening 30 to minutes awkward of awkward moment. podcasting. <laughs> so what's the show all about let's quickly kind of talk about that the idea here is we're not just watching movies and talking about them and that's kind of a little bit of what we're doing but we've got we're doing that but we've got we've got more (laughs) of a focus than that the idea here is you know and this happens all the time you're talking to people about movies and there's this movie that you absolutely loved as a child and then you recommend it to people they watch it and that movie is horrible Right. So the question is, these movies that we loved as a child, are they any good? Or if I tell you about this movie that I loved, will you actually like it? So we want to and there's, you know, five of us in the room and we're going to pick out movies that at least one of us have seen that we absolutely love but haven't seen in a really long time. And on the other hand, at least one of us yeah, hasn't seen. Right. So we're, we're approaching it from that sort of uh, that sort of like nostalgic memory but also a modern view on the movie that was perhaps made like 30 40 who knows maybe even 50 years ago yeah Did they even have movies back then <laughs> a few. as a matter of fact there's some i might put on the list from the 30s i love the universal monsters and i know you guys have not seen all the Universal Monster movies. Do you remember when Abbott and Costello met the Wolfman? I love when Abbott and Costello met the Wolfman. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's the best. Um, so that is the basic idea. And so, you know, I, I think this is great because these movies might not be any good. It might be something that was good to a 10-year-old version of me that is no longer any good. Very likely. Very, or it could just be <laughs> that much better. It could be that much better. And and I think kind of the, the perfect example of this that we keep coming back to is The Goonies. You know, I know I've seen it. I remember it being great, but I haven't seen it for 25 years. See, and I'm the one person who didn't like it. <gasps> interesting. So I, I haven't seen it since, and it would be interesting to see it again. Yeah. But the other example that comes to mind is we just recently saw... Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and I hadn't seen yes. it, and you had seen it, and you came out of the theater going, huh, I didn't like it as much as I did, and I came out of the theater being mm-hmm. like, oh my god, that movie was amazing, so. I think I, that's a perfect example. I love that movie. Yeah. But yeah. I also went in with zero expectations, which and, might And help. so you hadn't seen it before either. Yeah. Okay. Sam and, and I, I are the virgins. <laughs> <laughs> I remember absolutely loving it. And somehow watching it this time, I felt like it didn't go anywhere. I felt like it, it had no structure. It was just a long, just this whole thing about this one guy going crazy. And there was no there was no conflict. There was no resolution. It was just, okay, Richard Dreyfuss is going crazy. So, With mashed potatoes. 
with oh, yeah, mashed no, potatoes. The mashed potatoes were great. <laughs> so, you know, clearly our opinions will change based on time and lots of other factors. I'm also really looking forward to the time when I when I pick a movie because uh, every time I pick out something from my childhood and rewatch it, it's fucking awful. It's the worst. It's just yeah. so bad. It really is. <laughs> I had the same experience. Like, my parents loved Blazing Saddles and made me watch Blazing Saddles as a kid, and it was the best thing ever. And then I made somebody watch it in college, and there was this weird experience. Maybe it was just that night, but it's like, yeah, this isn't any good. Well, you know, I think that the vibe going into... Because I have, like, sat down before with people and been like, I love this movie, let's watch this movie. And if they aren't into it, that vibe, I feel like, sort of, you know, rubs off on you, and suddenly you're like... Oh, I don't know. Was this a good movie? As opposed to if maybe you watched it with someone who was like super into it, mm-hmm. you would feel differently. Yeah, you Absolutely. start to feel like emotionally responsible for exactly. every beat that it's trying to hit, and yeah. if it fails, you feel like you failed as a filmmaker, even though you were in no way, shape, or form involved in the movie. That's huge. You come in as the advocate for that movie. Yeah. And if they don't like it, you look like a jerk. Yeah. And it puts this weird weight on the entire experience of watching the movie. Absolutely. And nowadays people are like, you just wasted an hour and a half of my time. <laughs> I could have been on Twitter or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so that, I, that's a good time to talk about what we're watching tonight. We're going to watch American Werewolf in London, which is a movie that I remember absolutely loving. And let's just kind of go around the room. Ash, have you seen American Werewolf in London? I have seen maybe 20 minutes of the film, and I have a very distinct memory of this film. I was in middle school, I think, and I was over at a friend's house, for, and it was like around Halloween when we were watching it. And they were like, let's watch this movie. And I was like, okay. And I wasn't into horror films back then, and I honestly wasn't into horror films until I met Brett, I think. <laughs> but... Um, uh, I remember watching it and got to the point where he like first transforms into the werewolf and it was so terrifying for me. I had to leave the room, which as anyone in middle school knows, that's like the most uncool thing you could possibly do. <laughs> and then I like decided to, you know, take it a step further in the uncool and like call my parents and have them pick me up. So, <laughs> so you I never finished not, it. I never finished it. It freaked me out way too much. I'm, I'm mentally sending leave. you a high five in the past for being so <laughs> awesome about that. Tonight is definitely going to go well. Yeah. yeah. That's all I can say. I am cool with horror movies now. Keep but... drinking. Yeah. Bryce, have you seen Werewolf? Uh, I've actually never been to London, so I haven't really seen anything <laughs> in London, let alone a werewolf. Fair enough. He's also never seen a werewolf. That, that either. So um, you kind of look like one, though. A little bit. A little okay. bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'll like you should goes. be talking, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Sam. I all I have seen is the transformation clip from mm. I Love the Eighties. Okay. Which VH1. is terrifying, right? It's scary. I was not scared, but. Oh. This is interesting. <laughs> it's out of context. This, if Sam wasn't scared, I must have been a real was back then. This really is the defining piece of this movie, and I thought we'd talk more about it afterwards. And, you know, if people listening to the podcast haven't seen it, we probably shouldn't talk too much. But this is the quintessential transformation scene, and I think we'll have a lot to say after the movie. They did a good job with yeah. the makeup or whatever. Um, this was pre-CG, by the way. 1981. All of yeah, you practical effects. Practical I'm an advocate. Effects are always more terrifying than CG. Exactly. Like and Large Marge. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them Large Marge sent you. 
Brett, have you seen Werewolf? I've seen a lot of <laughs> werewolf movies. I don't think I've seen this one. Okay. Um, Excellent. Have you seen the transformation scene? I feel like it. Well, I watched I Love the 80s. I think I saw it. <laughs> so it must have. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know what to expect, except, mm. you know, there's an American running around in a foreign country. It's probably going to be, he's what probably if, an ass to everyone. What if that was just <laughs> the, the word, like, you know, for like Europeans use That's what for British Americans? People call oh, Americans. fucking werewolf. Not God. a werewolf. In the tubes. <laughs> So we're watching American Werewolf in London, which was made in 1981, published by Universal Studios, directed by John Landis. I'm a huge fan. This was, uh, our stars are David Naughton, Griffin Dunn, and Jenny Agutter. We'll talk about them a little bit after the movie. And so this was 1981, and I, and I think we have to think a little bit about the context. There really hadn't been any big werewolf movie since the 1930s Universal Monsters movies. And Universal Studios put this film out, and it was kind of the first kind of step back into the big monster movies. And in 1981, there were a bunch of big werewolf movies. We had The Howling, Night of the Werewolf, and American Werewolf in London, I think, is the one that everyone remembers. Like, somehow that was the year of werewolves, but this is the one that stuck out. This where, is the one. Where, that... does, where does Teen Wolf The Chinese fit in there? Zodiac Year of the Werewolf. Is that song of Werewolves in London? London? Is that yeah, from the song? It's not from this movie. Um, there was, you know, several sequels to the 1930s Wolfman, the Lon Chaney Jr. film, Claude Rains, all that. Um, and actually, I'm I'm getting this wrong because I think Werewolf of London came before the classic 1930s Wolfman. So it was kind of almost, I wouldn't call it a prequel. I think they were kind of reimagining the werewolf after Werewolf of London with Wolfman. Anyway, 30s was, was that. So I would imagine Warren Zevon wrote that song about that movie, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But there is something about werewolves in London. I don't know. It was just it was just some some you know movie guy who was just like werewolves in London. Oh, we got to make that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that or someone but, was being really racist towards British people. <laughs> I don't okay. know. <laughs> they look like werewolves or something. But it's, the werewolf is the American. Yeah. Okay, the racist towards Americans. He's an American <laughs> werewolf because no other country gets cool animals. In Canada, in they have werewolves. <laughs> But they're called La Lugaru. Well, they have them. That's not catchy at all. Don't they have <laughs> you them? You should have seen. Ozzy just perked up when you said La Lugaru. That's oh, terrifying. Ozzy is, is the dog. Nick's dog. He's a dog. He's not the a dog. A dog. He's our mascot. The only dog in a world. Now, There's only one dog. <laughs> Speaking of music, you brought up the song Werewolves of London. But, you know, we were talking about what we remember of the film. And I, I don't want to talk too much about what I remember before we see it. But one thing that really sticks out to me is the music. Because it has a song score. You know, it has like a normal score. But there's a lot of, you know, song songs in the movie. And they're all either uh, Van Morrison or Creedence Clearwater Revival. Is this a musical? It's not a musical, but it's got some great <laughs> songs in it. And it's all just these two bands, either Van Morrison or CCR. And they're all songs about the moon, which ah. I always thought was just this really cool thematic thing about the movie. Just, and you know I love the moon and you know the Apollo program and all that stuff. So I always like that, this, this, all these really cool songs about the moon tying into the world. Anyway, great, great music in this movie. And, and then Hollywood never let go of that idea, and now every song has to be <laughs> completely relevant. Yeah, it can you be. You know, Frozen, so all the songs were about the moon. <laughs> <laughs> about the moon. <laughs> it's 
really cold on the moon, so, you know. I don't think we should let the moon go. It's, it's kind of important. Yeah. You obviously didn't see Rise of the Guardians. I, because oh my it's all about the moon. Is songs really? about the moon? No, about, no songs. Oh, the moon but, is about the moon. The moon is it, it's, a main it's character? It's a theme, kind hmm. of. They were like, talk to me, moon. And then they looked up and the moon didn't say anything because it's a rock. That was the end of the movie? Spoiler was, alert! Spoiler alert, that was Rise of the Guardians. <laughs> so before we jump into the movie, I believe, Ash, you had some news that you wanted to share with us. I it's relevant. I do. I have fun movie news. So uh, on the theme of favorite childhood movies, one of my favorite childhood movies is Labyrinth. And apparently announced today, which is going October to be dated 10. whenever you actually listen to this, but it's October 10th. Um, the Henson Studios are in production or pre-production of Labyrinth sequel. Wow. That's right. I wanted to like see the looks on your faces. Okay, so Labyrinth sequel. Oh god, if they it's... get if they can get Bowie and Jennifer Connolly oh. up in there. You know they won't though. It, that's the only way to make it right. Yeah. It's either I, the, I, they either do that or they do like what they're doing with Ghostbusters where it's like let's completely like reimagine it. Well, if it's, you know, Con- Jennifer Connelly is the parent that leaves, you know, oh, and then there's some other her, babysitter. Her Even she's there for like two Toby. minutes. <laughs> you know? That could be very... Or and- maybe her baby's name is Jareth. <laughs> <laughs> no, there has to be a little dog named Jareth. <laughs> or maybe she she's not married and she has a baby and it's like, whose baby is this? Oh, oh it's Jareth. Jareth, Anybody? A lot of stuff happened that night in the labyrinth. You get like Russell Brand to be uh... Russell Brand. Oh my God, he would be an amazing Jared. Oh God, uh... I, I don't know. I feel like he he doesn't take himself seriously enough. See, like, that's... David Bowie can walk that fine line. Yeah, I don't think Russell Brand can. I think I that's what we should. Everyone should be thinking about right now is is who is the new cast of Labyrinth? Justin Bieber. <laughs> As the baby? As the baby. Or just some ridiculous little troll. Yeah. Who else would be the cast of Labyrinth? Lindsay Lohan as Uh. your lovable Ludo. (laughs) Like, what else would happen? Anyway, that that was my fun movie. That is awesome. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to pause the recording and we're going to watch a movie and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how we felt about it. So if anybody listening at home wants to pause the podcast, watch a movie, you can join back in with us. It doesn't even have to be the one we're watching. Just watch a movie. But before we jump into the movie, uh, something I want you to look out for. I'm I'm a big fan of John Landis. John Landis from the Blues Brothers. Um, Suddenly I'm drawing a blank because I'm on the mic, but I... Sorry, oh, I just had a was, phone chime in. There was your information being <laughs> deemed to you. Anyway, I love John Landis, and one of the great things about John Landis, like little Easter eggs, in every John Landis movie, there's always some man, some mention of a movie called... There's always some man. Some mention. Some man. Some, <laughs> some mention of a movie called See You Next Wednesday. So that's the Easter egg to look, look out for when you're watching this or any other John Landis movie. Spoilers! Look out the C word. Kids, cover them ears. Uh, See You Next Tuesday is a tricky way of saying cunt. Oh, acronym. Maybe maybe he's playing a game there. Maybe see you next Wednesday is like the next step. The next step. It's even more intense than calling someone cunt. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so look out for see you next Wednesday. (laughs) Well, we're not PG-13 anymore. Uh, Unless you're Irish. Before we jump in. (laughs) 
I'm Irish. <laughs> what the hell? You're not from Ireland. Well, that's true. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. Does that count? <laughs> not really. No. You could probably find it on the map, though. I mean, it's 30%. I could, you know, depending on how much alcohol. <laughs> okay, so, Brett, will American Werewolf in London be good? It sounds like a movie that would be really lame, but werewolves are cool. So I'm, I'm giving it I'm giving it like 40 percent chance of cool. Sam, I'm going to go with awesomely bad here. I'm going to say that it's going to be terrible, but I will appreciate all of the terrible. Wow. You guys are game for what you think is what you think is going to be a terrible movie. It's the 80s. <laughs> yeah. No offense. There's some great stuff out of the 80s. All right, Bryce, American Werewolf in London. Sure. <laughs> Ash. Uh, I it's tough because I want to say that I think it's going to be good, but at the same time, I felt like Nightmare on Elm Street did not hold up. That was one where I was the person sitting there hoping you would like it. Yes, and yeah. I was like, this and I still is laughable. Okay. Um, but. She got this a blow up dog. It sucked through a hole, a peephole in a door at the end of the movie. Sorry, spoiler. Again. Oh yeah, yeah, the mother through the yeah. yeah they killed anyway. the blow up doll. They killed the blow up doll. <laughs> anyway, uh, I but from what I remember, it was terrifying. I I'm gonna go. Brett said forty. I'm gonna go fifty sixty percent. <laughs> but I'm not committing to sixty. So. Well, I'm I'm bringing the movie to the table, and I think I've seen this more recently than I think our standard should be. Um, I've definitely seen it within the past ten years. I think it's going to be great. So I'm going to be sitting here the whole time as the person hoping you all like it. So great as in a hundred percent. Are well, we giving like Rotten Tomato scores we, here? We have oh, a what, record. What is this? We have a record of you guys hating movies that I love. We do. So there's that <laughs> we factor do. there. There's kind of an unspoken rule. If if Nick likes a movie, Bryce and I hate it. If Bryce and I like a movie, Nick probably yeah. will hate it. But we all loved Chef. We did love Chef. The most recent one on the table is is a winner. Are you saying sh- Chef or Shaft? Chef. Yeah. Chef. Okay. As okay. the person who cooks you? awesome Cubano sandwiches. We all love Shaft. <laughs> that was a great I movie. I can dig it. <laughs> All right, so I think we've got our bets on the table. Let's watch American Werewolf in London. We're back. So we've just finished watching American Werewolf in London, and already I'm I'm intimidated. I'm afraid of the notes that Sam has, and I want to come right out of the gate, and I want to recognize that I remembered incorrectly that not every song... <laughs> In the movie was Van Morrison or CCR. I feel I like you're, you're stealing our thunder <laughs> a little bit. To be exact, there. not even close. Four songs were, and seven songs were not. That's now, are you less than half? Are you? Sh- are you, you should sh- thank are you us. Counting orchestral score. Yes, I think that is a valid no, 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 count. No, no, no. And, and that, porno yes. music. And porno <laughs> music. <laughs> porno music is very important. I did yes. include the porno music. Yes. So I, that's the point, right? We remember certain things about these movies in the wrong, so I was wrong. But there was this awesome theme of songs about the moon. And that's here's true. one thing that I really dig. One of the things that I love about Clue is that there's that one song, Shaboom. And there's like three or four different versions of the song Shaboom throughout Clue. And in this, there were like three versions of Blue Moon. Was there really? Yeah, the very first song, the very last song, and in the middle there was the Sam Cooke version. 
So it's like three different versions of Blue Moon. None of them were Van Morrison or CCR. So what you're saying is, there you were just way. I off. was way off. The well, I almost said the <laughs> best song for Van Morrison and CCR, but I think the Sam Cooke version of Blue Moon is pretty awesome. I think that's the one that played under the Amazing Transformation scene. But yeah, I was wrong. You and your judgmental notebook over there. It's actually not that judgmental, to be honest. <laughs> I think it is. Because I actually really love this movie. Really? I did. Okay, we're jumping okay. right into it. Yeah, I'm going. All right, we're there. You Which is surprising because you don't really like scary movies, right? I don't. There weren't any aliens in it. There weren't, so that's a big plus. Okay. okay. And, you know, like working Because Sam stop is motion. afraid of aliens, just I, to clarify. Okay. It's an irrational phobia, and I blame I my don't... dad and his love of X-Files and the fact that we lived alone at a lake. You know, well, I don't think it's irrational to be afraid of aliens. It's it's irrational until the aliens show up, and then it's completely rational. Exactly. And, and then, then I find out that I'm on some reality TV show, and you all put me up to it, and you'll never be my friends again. <laughs> oh my god, can we do that? If you do that, you are dead to she's, me. She's serious about the never being friends again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conversation Brett and I have had before. Oh my I god. I want to hear about why you loved American Werewolf in London. Wait, you okay. know I'm going to show up at your house in an alien costume now, right? And you will get punched in the face. <laughs> like, and not, no joke. Like the Mexican birthday party and signs? They just walk by the window. <laughs> that movie was Never so seen bad. It. Oh my oh, god! god you love that scene. No, I would not. Signs is and the dumbest movie guys, ever. I'm going oh, to no. shut all of my blinds at night from now on. You can't say that Signs is the dumbest movie ever when just a few years later, Night Shyamalan brings us The Happening. I, well, yeah, okay, okay. The Happening is I, the dumbest movie ever. I haven't ever. seen it. So. so Sam really liked it. I did. Should I say why? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Validate my opinion in, of this movie. In three words. I do know. Okay, well. <laughs> well two of them are already over. Paper. One of my bullet points is nightmare scene equals terrifying. Yes. Yeah. I was legitimately like, kind of want to crawl under a blanket right now. Let's, and it kind of came out of left field because yes. all of a sudden there's Muppets and it's like, oh, I love the Muppets. The Muppets are great. And where the fuck are we? We're in some living room. And suddenly there's zombie Nazis breaking down the door and, like, oozing everybody. Oozing? Oozing. Oozing. The the adjective, if you were. So I I absolutely love the the nightmare. I love the idea that building up to the transformation, the curse of the werewolf is that you're haunted by nightmares. And that the transformation is one of the most traumatic, painful experiences that can happen. And I love those elements to it. It's more than just being the wolf. It's There's so much more to that, that curse. Yeah, I agree. And I like that they didn't jump right into the action. Mm. It built a lot of suspense. And I feel like if this movie were to come out today or have me remade today... They oh. would get into Michael that. Bay would do it for sure. Yeah, it would happen so much faster, and I feel like mm-hmm. because of the pacing, it made it that much better. And they built that relationship. And I didn't. Not a fan of the relationship. I didn't necessarily buy it. That was kind of creepy and borderline rapey and weird. <laughs> rapey. <laughs> It creeped me out. Two I don't know. people who were attracted to each other hook Pulling up. Pulling out the rape, rape card. So, so, so tell me, do you live alone? Good. <laughs> As they were on the way to her place. Yeah. I think he acted appropriately. I, I didn't say he was the I'm going to stand by my boy, David Kessler. She raped him? I know. I think the nurse was a little rapey. 
Oh, okay. Like, the okay. whole feeding scene was a little weird. It was a little weird. It made me a little uncomfortable. She's like, oh, yeah, she's like, oh, you're traumatized. I guess I'll take care of you. I was seriously <laughs> expecting well, it to, like, turn to porno music and just, like, be a I think that, that rapey point. is extreme. I'd say that she's attracted to crazy people. I, I love... Whatever, I, Nick, if that's your fantasy. I have this scenario in my head <laughs> where she goes home with a guy and she says... I've had eight lovers in my life, four were one night stands, and one was a werewolf and went on a murdering spree in Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> That's going to be her next date. But I like you better. <laughs> Let me feed you. <laughs> yeah, I think she was the mentally unstable one in this movie, actually. Now, you were also saying something as, as a stop-motion animator. Oh, um, definitely appreciate the special effects. Mm. I was... Granted, I've only seen one short like little clip of it but i felt they held up really well especially the first transformation scene where you actually see the hands growing and the feet growing yeah it looked great yeah this was the movie that basically gave rick baker to the world i think rick baker worked on some of the star wars films but it was this where everybody kind of woke up and said who is this guy and yeah, he really brought it. And I think this is why this was the one werewolf movie of that year that really stood out. It was absolutely fantastic. I have to say, I was terrified as a child. And there was definitely a point, I don't remember you when. You got up and started looking screamed, away. When I definitely screamed. It was, it was, it's, I always think that practical effects are way mm. scarier than Oh CG. yeah, if this was computer animated, it, it would have been no, 15 yeah. seconds long. And, and it wouldn't have been as enjoyable. I would have been like, whatever, that's fake blood. And, you know, I, I always think of, you know, it's funny. They talked a lot about the original Wolfman, the Lon Chaney Jr. movie. And, and that had this incredible transformation scene where it's just a series of crossfades. And if you think about it, in the 1930s, that was cutting edge. And it was worked and it was cool. But then you start to see this and it's like, you know, completely different story. Then you see what's today and it's like, Okay, there's there's nothing there. There's no meat to it. There's nothing to enjoy about a CG transformation. It was also kind of nice to see a a uh, a monster movie that, or just any movie with it with a history of of the genre, actually acknowledging that there was a history yes. of the genre. That's true. And yeah. it's not just like in a world where werewolves don't exist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of a yeah. sudden, there's a werewolf for the first time ever. Yeah. Yeah. Lugosi who? Who's that? He's basically doing that thing with her that I would have done, like reciting, oh yeah, you remember the 1930s, Bella Lugosi and Lon Chaney Jr. and Claude Rains is the father who kills him? Yeah, just so you know, Nick pretty much said that exact thing to us before watching the movie. (laughs) So if you hear that, British nurses, come on over. Oh boy. Oh boy, that's... You think you know this scenario ends with you dying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It'll work out. Yeah. Blue moon. So, any, anything else, Sam? Is that... I guess my expectations were very different mm. than the actual movie. Like, I was expecting just, like, cheesy, yeah. no substance, nothing. And good, I wouldn't say it's, like, you know, Citizen Kane or anything, but right. it definitely took itself way more seriously than I was expecting, and... As a result, I took it more seriously. It's interesting but still that the humor. It's yeah. interesting that there was so much substance. Like, because I I agree, the movie had 
a lot more substance than like some of the characters in it. <laughs> <laughs> like the uh, the comic relief, befuddled, confused cop who can't tie his tie yeah, properly. I mean, there or were, the there American was, guy. Yeah, the, the American, American guy, dude, that balding who dude. Who was Frank Oz. Yes, that was amazing. I, I just want to point out this was great. I made a little note in my notebook. Oh, you have to talk about the fact that the guy from the embassy is Frank Oz. Oh, my God. And then Ash turns to me and she says, like, he, he comes to me and says, hi. And Ash's <laughs> like, is that Fozzie? Uh, like, instantly. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God, that's yeah, Fozzie. Yeah, that's uh, oh, that's uh, great. I just couldn't take anything he said seriously <laughs> from that point on. But you stupid kids, you try to help him. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting Kermit to come out at any moment, and then he Which did. He did. Kermit he did, did come out. Oh yes. god! So okay, so Sam liked the movie. Okay. Yeah. Brett, Christmas. did you like? Well, the yeah, movie? I did. I did like it, but you know, it just it was just interesting for me to see that there were so many just vapid, empty, bad acting <laughs> characters in that movie, there and have it be still so acting. good. I and like, like not good in and not good in a, like a ham and cheese way, but like. You know, it was like a good movie. I, I liked it. I, was... I think the direction and the cinematography, you know, yeah. like the way it was thought out was amazing. One of the shots particularly to me is the shot where that guy falls down on the escalator. Oh, thank you. And we're seeing like from way up the escalator looking down on him. He's laying down there and we just see like a few seconds of the werewolf like creeping up on him. And it's kind of that traditional like uh the traditional horror films that were all about like the the suspense and the keeping you on the edge of your seat and like what they didn't show you was what was super scary so like just we just got a few glimpses of the werewolf and then we cut and Mm. like that is awesome to me like that sort of stuff i thought was really cool i'm so glad you mentioned that because that's one of my favorite parts is just you know the the wolf creeping up like a boss as the guy <laughs> like a boss. as the guy's on the escalator. That <laughs> that is such such a fantastic shot. So yeah. so would you say you liked it or No, I would say I liked it and Excellent. Yeah, it was it was an enjoyable experience. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, uh, J- Jonathan Landis, uh, part time porn director. Part time, seriously, he probably directed those scenes. There was a lot. Oh, of I'm porn. sure. There was a lot of porn. It, it really felt like John Landis Wednesday. and his buddies are like, "Wouldn't it be funny if this happened in a porn?" And they're like, "You know, we're totally gonna put that into the werewolf movie." It's funny also to watch uh, because there's so much porn. Uh, in the movie, how hard they tried not to show full frontal nudity on on the on the guy yeah. in the whole movie. Yeah, like no no front full frontal. They tried so not hard. even in the porno. Yeah, anytime he's laying down, he's laying with his leg crossed over his junk in a way that nobody would actually lay. <laughs> and he's I'm just waking like, up confused in a zoo, but his leg is covering his like, junk. S- seriously, show us the dick. Yeah, like I got to a point where I was just like mad. I was like, show me your dick. I don't even care anymore. It's like, not they, a they sexual thing. They talked about thing. it so much and never showed it. Yeah. Like, why are we even I, here? I, I, now I just want to stumble across David Naughton on the street. And ask like, him to show why you. you. Why didn't you show the Can dick? you please now show me your dick? It you has been it years. For like 45 minutes. Seriously, 30 years. But I need to know. All right, Ash, aside from the lack of dick. <laughs> oh, you, you know what makes a good movie for me. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I I definitely liked it. It was it was better than my what I expected, but I have issues with the ending. I have to say that was quite the abrupt ending that I didn't appreciate. Well, I, I, let me ask you this: When you've got a movie about a werewolf, and the werewolf has died, where else does that story go? Is it, there a sequel to this movie? It goes to like the the, the random. We'll talk about that in a moment. The random person that he happened to scratch, who is also it's, it's like thwarts our expectations. You know, like we think he's dead. We think the werewolf course is over. But wait, so you're it's saying... like Jumanji, where like on Jumanji, <laughs> you think it's fucking over, and then the board game washes up on a beach somewhere in France, and you're like, oh shit. So Thank you're you for saying those. that. You want to break expectations by having it end like every other horror movie, which is the monster is dead, but oh no, shock at the end, he's not dead. That's what you're looking for. I would say was different. every other this, horror this film. Point, like that. This point yeah. is important. I yeah, like this. Yeah, I agree. I'll let you finish. Okay, but, I'm finished. That's but you the point. have to agree with me that, like, either way, whether it ends with him dying and that's the end, or whether it ends with someone else, it was still an abrupt ending. It was yes. abrupt, but I. Got no I feel problem effective. with it. It was it, it was abrupt and awkwardly timed, like so much of the rest of the movie. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting here reading a book. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm totally. Yeah, but just really long shots of just him standing there in like, the phone booth I with just, the Swiss Army knife. Yeah, you know, if it was gonna end with him dying, that's cool. But I only got like half a second to mourn with that chick who I've spent the whole movie with before we go to credits. Like, can I have a few more moments with her? I kind of wanted to see... I like, want a few more moments with her. Like, oh, just just one more shot where he's dead on the ground and then the girl's crying. And you can and see then the dick. And his, <laughs> <laughs> his, his zombie friend shows up, up you know? Yeah. And his zombie friend's there just like, yes! Finally, I can be And they like, they, like, totally, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi it. Like, like half there, see-through, like, disappear <laughs> into with, with the, all the teddy bears. And, yeah. and the gang from the Tanes. So what you want is the board game Jumanji washing up on the shores in Paris. And, and for that, no. I give you... American Werewolf in Paris. Okay. Wow. The much overlooked sequel to American Werewolf in London. Wow. Which is terrible. Oh boy. <laughs> it's pretty bad. The the one thing Well, I'm going to go in with high expectations. Or or you could skip it. The one thing <laughs> that that sticks out of my mind about American Werewolf in Paris, I don't remember anything else. I think it was Julie Delpy, I'm not sure. But again, American guy werewolf, he's freaking out. She has to calm him down, and the way she calms him down is she just jumps on his lap, tears off her shirt, puts his hands on her tits, and he calms down. Jesus. That was the scene Christ. that I remembered in that movie. That's the only thing I remember. Of course, that. that's they, the scene they you call that move about. the pacifier. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just such a such and a that weird that scene there was actually the scene from See You Next Wednesday. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, actually, yeah, so are they are they like stepping on their own toes there by like oh yeah, the the fucking zombie friend was like yo dude you're the last werewolf so how is there a sequel I don't remember yeah Maybe how is there to, a we sequel we need to watch American Werewolf it may not be like strictly a sequel I don't know I don't remember it's a follow up so okay <laughs> right. 
Since you bring up the awesome... Wait, I guess before I go to the awesome zombie friend who I want to talk about, because I'm curious... Because he was such a bitch at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. He was, and then he became so cool. But the animation on his face was amazing. It was very Whatever I, it I was. I wouldn't call it animation. Whatever it was. Just top-notch makeup effects yes. from Rick Baker's team. Um, but Nick, you're the last person. What did it live up to your expectations? Oh, that's, that's good. Um... It, it I yes, I still enjoy it. I still love it. As I'm watching, I'm thinking about that idea of you know presenting a movie to other people, and I'm thinking about if I'd never seen this movie before, it was my first time seeing it. I don't think it would have the same impact on me. There is something about having a history with this movie that makes me love it. If I had seen it now fresh, I would thought like that was pretty decent, and I would have moved on with my life. But yeah, there's something about the history of it. But I do, I do still really like it. Um, I have to say, though, uh, there were two quotes in the movie that were my favorite quotes ever. I have one, too. <laughs> okay. Mine was, have you ever talked to a corpse? It's boring. It's boring. <laughs> and the yeah. other one was, Winston Churchill is full of shit. <laughs> yes. I loved, um, you know, there's there's little things that twinge your, your memory. I loved, that's enough. And then a beat. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> and, um, like he's a fucking dog or something. <laughs> and I really loved an American, a naked American man stole my balloons. Yes. <laughs> I want to use the that. little British kid. If I ever go to the zoo with you, I'm definitely going to walk up and say that to you. Yeah, we're going to get kicked out. Why would, a, why would a thief want to give me money? <laughs> <laughs> the kid is like, what the hell? He's a smart little British kid. He's pretty smart. I actually was really surprised by the whole like ghost aspect of the story and it was really mm. unexpected and a nice twist that kind of added depth to the stereotypical like werewolf story mm. and i enjoyed that a lot do you think there's an element to that of john landis seeing what rick baker is capable of and building a movie around what rick baker is capable of you know, you could do this. Oh, I can write a story for that, you know? I mean, Maybe. I suppose anything is possible. Who knows where inspiration came from? But I and that's like what it... John Landis said. Anything <laughs> is possible. But it definitely worked with the story, you know? It didn't feel, like, forced. It didn't feel like it was just there to showcase the special effects. Mm -hmm. Was there any societal commentary being done with that car crash at the end? <laughs> is that an allegory this for bringing a, down the Berlin Wall? This is what I want to know because I, I'm pretty sure I was trying to count, and <laughs> more people really did die in that car crash than the werewolf killed the whole I movie. I think they did. Yeah, somebody I, I love... got straight up ran over. Oh, yeah. oh a couple people. And yeah. then the double decker boats swings to the side. A car hits it, and somebody just flies out the window. Oh, dead. God. More dangerous than fucking yeah. a, par a paranormal werewolf is just cars. Well, I think it, it's obvious that John Landis has this hard-on for piling up lots of cars. Because remember how Blues Brothers ends. That's true. Just a gigantic pile of cars. That's true. I guess he just loves doing that. It certainly makes things exciting. It's like Spielberg and his aliens. It's like, how many cars has Universal Studios bought for John Landis? <laughs> I'd like to see that number. <laughs> and they just send out an email to the interns like, hey, you want your car to appear in a movie? <laughs> What what else is in your your notebook there? Makeup was great. Ash kind of touched on it on the ghost friend, especially ghost the last friend. time we see him. 
And that's the time that, like, okay, yeah. I know that all the other times were makeup, but the time when, like, it you could, like, see his skin had deteriorated, and they're in the porno theater, and he has, like, the teeth, and, yeah. like, it's, like, his eye sockets. Like, was that really a person, or was that, that an animatronic? Like, yeah, uh, an animatronic. Like, yeah. like skilled puppetry. It looked really good. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, I like that he was decaying over time. Mm-hmm. And I also sort of felt like that was Rick Baker saying, let's do this. This will be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I liked more the first time we saw him when it looked very real. It looked like torn, flappy bits of skin flopping yeah. around. I agree. That, that was, was very good impressive yeah it, it looked really cool and i they balanced it really nicely because yeah. it went across half his face so you could recognize him and it was this really great kind of you yeah. know playing with what was real and what was gory i thought you were gonna say they balanced it really well with the humor because it's this like yeah. horrifying thing he just sits on the bed grabs a yeah. toast dips it in the egg you yeah know, you're a werewolf man I, I and mean, you know you're an asshole that's something yeah. that we didn't really touch on yet is, like, this movie is really creepy, but there is, like, a sense of humor through it throughout the entire movie. And it's, like, it's funny, but also scary at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, all those porno jokes, like, I told you never to do this again. <laughs> I never, never. Yeah, and, and he's oh, yeah, like, sorry. I mean her. Like, that whole thing and here werewolf dude meet all the people you killed last night and there's that couple and that couple is the one the two people out of all the people killed that are like so jovial and like oh Mm -hmm. yeah hey you know why don't you why don't you use sleeping pills you know they're like so like upbeat about it which and this just occurred to me as you were saying that are are they they're stuck in this limbo between life and death are they stuck living the moment that they died because they were drunk and sloppy when they died. But you could you argue know? the argue that the hobos were too. And they weren't drunk and sloppy. Well, they weren't like funny and laughing and having a good time. That's they were true. just a zombie friend was complaining at his moment of death and continued to do so. He did continue <laughs> yeah. to complain. It also easily like the the torn up skin prosthetics could easily have been too gory. And, like, mm. I feel like there is a really good balancing act between, like, keeping it watchable. Oh, you think they yeah. didn't go too far? Yeah. You think that's yeah. a trap that they avoided? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, like, it wasn't like, a, oh, I have to look away. Because if mm-hmm. you look away, then you don't get to see, the, like, you don't get to experience the comedy of the moment, you know? Yeah. And, and we've definitely seen a few movies that like that. <laughs> I agree. Being a person who's, like, really grossed out by gore, I was able to watch it without... Yeah. With appreciating the artwork and, like, appreciating the look without feeling sick to my stomach. That's something that, specifically what you just said, that I remember distinctly when I went to film school. Like, one of my teachers telling me is, like, if there's ever a second that the audience looks away from the screen, then you've lost them and you have not done your job. And, like, the part of the problem with a lot of movies nowadays is they like to take it to that extreme because of the shock factor. But it's, like, if people are turning away from your film, are Mm. you really succeeding as a filmmaker? You know, like, it's an interesting concept. It's it's extra impressive considering they included a being bored montage. There was a (laughs) montage in which our main character was just bored. 
But they put the yeah. fun music, so you were okay with it. Maybe that's it. And somehow, yeah, just didn't lose our attention. I mean, and Ash the ridiculous British TV yeah. shows yeah. that were just like, you can't make that shit up. That was amazing. I hope that's really what British TV is like. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> I feel so bad for them. <laughs> so David Naughton, the actor who played David... Um, I, I was looking up our, our three main actors, and, you know, David Naughton hasn't done a lot of movies, but he has done a lot of TV. Um, in the 80s, he did Murder, She Wrote, MacGyver. Um, he's been on Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Psych. Um, Griffin Dunn, who played Jack, the zombie friend, um, has also been doing mostly TV, but he was in Dallas Buyers Club, which I haven't oh. seen. Also I haven't still need seen. to see it. I haven't seen it either. Um, Ginny Agutter, of course, uh, Alex, Nurse Price, has mm. done, you know, a lot of TV in, in Britain, of course. Um, but the one thing that I I absolutely loved, if you remember in Avengers, there was the World Council that was like the govern, governing agency, and they're all cloaked in shadows. And I remember seeing that and thinking, that's Ginny Agutter. That is... The nurse from American World from London as one of the, the World Security Council people. As one people. of the shadows. As one of the shadows. You could you, see their face. Wait, you <laughs> could, okay. I was going to say, you picked her out from a silhouette. Yes. I remember Ginny Agatha. And then she was... You have a signed poster. On but what was really exciting, if you've seen Captain America Winter Soldier, they had the World Security Council... And we got to see Ginny Agatha, like, age, I don't know, 65, like, kicking people's ass. Like, totally doing kung fu on people. That was freaking thrilling. And I couldn't talk to you people about it when Captain America 2 came out because you wouldn't have known who she was. And now, so if you've seen Avengers or Captain America 2, that's where Ginny Agatha is. Ah. I'll have to go back and watch it now. Yeah. With that in mind. It's good to know she's successful. Is, uh, Is David still going commando in films? I well, I don't think he's in a lot of films anyway. No. He's probably not Commando on Grey's Anatomy. Because who just rips Unless off he's... their jeans and is not wearing underwear? Yeah, I couldn't Going... imagine wearing nothing with the jeans as tight as girls wear them. That would be oh. crazy. Well, you would yeah. be missing some parts by the end. Of I the day. have worn jeans with nothing underneath, and it is weird. I wouldn't have done it as long as he did it. But would some... you then tear them off? In one shred. If I was transforming. I think this could be a new Vegas show. American Werewolf in Vegas. If you are transforming (laughs) into a wolf, you have to take your pants off because that is going to be so painful when you have weird... Do you think that was his mindset? How did he know? His mindset? Yeah. Because... How did he know? Jack told him. But was his mindset like, I need to fucking take my pants off? We were there. For the t- Jack's tale, and he said nothing about growing. <laughs> Remember to, to take your pants like, off. Yeah, I did not hear that. Well, Step really? one in the transformation: well, take off your pants. That he doesn't like people seeing his dick. Well, so he's that's not true. Even, he's like first priority: kill yourself. All right. Second priority: stay away from the moon. Third priority: take your pants off. But you know what? I'm not even going to go there because kill yourself. So he was prioritizing. Frankly, the fact that he doesn't remember anything after reading the book, in my mind, just means yeah, that his the, brain was the off. werewolf took over and the werewolf side knows to take its pants off. So it yeah. doesn't get painful. I guess we have to acknowledge that somehow there was a full moon two nights in a row. Yeah. What which is interesting. About? I guess they've got loose rules about it- full moons it's a detail i'm willing to overlook if there's a super moon do you get a super werewolf that was amazing that's amazing 
So I think American Werewolf in London was a pretty good result. I think that came out pretty well. It was yeah. better than I expected. Yeah, Definitely. I have to agree. Um, oh yeah, Bryce, what did you think of American Werewolf in London? Yeah, it was good. So that's it for this episode. As always, we'd be really interested to hear what you guys have to think. Do you think it was any good? You can always drop us a line on Twitter. Yeah, you can tweet at us at Let's Rewatch on Twitter. And also, if you have any movie suggestions, send them our way. We'd love to hear what you guys think we should watch. And also, just so you guys know, Let's Rewatch is part of the Laugh Stash TV network. That is our YouTube channel where we do all sorts of fun nerdy videos we do video game parodies we do a drink review show called let's drink where brett and i get shamefully drunk on camera and all sorts of fun nerdy stuff so do check us out on there and you can also follow laugh stash tv on twitter at laugh stash tv all right that'll do it for us on this episode next week rock a doodle <laughs> <laughs>